Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we'll be delving into the world of the oft-forgotten and disregarded side of masonry, operative masonry. As most listeners will be aware, modern masons are speculative masons, meaning that they don't sully their hands or labour in the quarries, only metaphorically. But there was before, and there still is to this day, operative masons who keep certain traditions alive from earlier days. Whether lineage is unbroken from days immemorial is open to debate, but operative masonry, or the Worshipful Society of Freemasons, Rough Masons, Wallers, Slaters, Pavers, Plasterers and Bricklayers, or simply the Operatives, is a fraternal guild that claims a history of a hundred years over which customs, traditions, knowledge and practices were developed and handed down. The guild arose from the practice of masons over the seventh over several centuries with traditions and practices passed down. The Guild was severely impacted by the United Kingdom Trade Act, Trade Union Act of 1871, resulting in unions to an extent superseding the Operative Guild. By the early 1900s, two people in particular, Clements E. Stratton of Leicester and John Yarker of Manchester, took the cause of reviving the Guild and ensuring practices did not become extinct. Stratton lived long enough to pass information to John Carr and a lodge was formed in London in the mid-1910s, enabling the traditions of the Guild to be preserved. If there are any operatives listening, please get in contact as I'm very much interested and would like to know more and hopefully visit a lodge in the, in the not too distant future. Operative masonry is of particular interest to myself as I not only grew up close to the island of Portland, famous for the stone that built St. Paul's Cathedral, but I also work in the building trade and have more than a passing interest in history, if you couldn't tell. Operative or guild masons were organised in England with royal approval dating at least from as early as the Grand Assemblage of 926 in York, which is reputed to have been authorised and encouraged by King Athelstan. We can follow this thread back even further to the, to the guild orders of Emperor Diocletian, but for the sake of brevity, I will encourage the listeners to further research. May I just mention that the operatives have a great website, simply theoperatives.org for those that would like to have a look. Which brings me on to why I think this is an important topic for the 21st century Mason. One of, if not the greatest riddles in Freemasonry is the mysterious origins of the institution. This is very well laid out in Brother Angel's books. But what did the guilds hold in such high regard that they felt they had to keep it a secret? Why did, they make it, uh, why did it make its way into the Stonemasons Guild? As in the Greek parable that a rich man cannot hire somebody to eat his food, I cannot answer these questions for you, but please plumb for your own answers. Well. That's pretty much all I have to say on the topic. Do you have anything anything further to add, Brother Anshaw? Um, not, no, I don't. Um, I the only experience of an operative lodge I've had is when I visited the Grand Lodge, uh, UGLE in Covent Garden in London, some twenty years ago, and mm. they showed me um, around some of the other lodge building lodge uh, rooms that they have inside UGLE. So they have the Grand Lodge, but other lodges are there as well. And one of them was an operative lodge. And um, they had, the only thing I remember was that they had a, a large pyramid made out of wooden um, beams. And in the center, there was a pulley system lifting a very large, stone off the ground and i think that's probably how they moved stones in the old days but um there were no brethren there to explain anything to me but yeah um as you say i think it'd be very interesting to learn more about this 
Yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, as you drive up to the the summit of Portland, there's a it's it's connected by a, a, a strange fleet. And as you drive up to the top, there's a monument, and it, and it looks like the block and tackle. So there's oh. a, there's a theme on the island. My my late step my late stepfather was a member of Chesil Lodge as well, which is quite famous in Dorset. It's a it's a very nice lodge. And um, there's there's two things I find that's quite interesting with. Uh, medieval stonemasonry that may be relevant to Freemasonry. And that's number one, it's the Norman arch, the pointed arch, which allowed for vaulted ceilings and therefore Gothic architecture. And number two, the slaking of lime. Now, slaking of lime was kind of like a, a trade secret. And they needed to be the, slaking the lime in the low oxygen environment in, in furnaces. It mm. is essentially a cool alchemical procedure. So then whoever is in charge of the slaking of the lime was essentially an alchemist. And that's something I've, I haven't really had the time to follow. I haven't really had the time to just to follow that thread. But right. I'm just trying to what reference books would be applicable to that. Maybe De Re Metallica, um, Agricola Metallica, but you know, topics of further research. Other that, thing that comes to mind is the Mark Mason or the Mark Master degree. And yes. these are taken from the the marks that Masons left on stones to show people at a later date, uh, because all the stones weren't immediately put into the building, they were put to one side, and then you know who made what stone. And I think that indicates that um, uh, that most Masons at the time were illiterate. And so any ritual they had would have had to be learnt by heart. And that's probably sure. why not, not many things are... Uh, are extant because they've been lost to time. There you go. Yeah, that's another thing I, I forgot. <laughs> well, that's a, certainly a few interesting research topics for the listeners. I hope that's um, encouraged them to further research. And yeah. uh, on that note, I think we'll, um, we'll end it there. If you have any questions, please email on the link below. We now part on the square and we'll meet soon. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.